under the horror umbrella, you have to remember there's different types of subgenres. It's not just one premise where it's like killing, yeah. murder, blood, gore. You have like your torture porn subgenre, you have your psychological, you have your art house type of pieces, which that would probably fall under more like the art house type of horror. Yeah. But the concept is horrifying, so people classify it under the more horror subgenre than anything else. Yeah, I think horror is yeah. the most flexible. I agree, people it make is. like a million different horror movies that feel nothing like the other ones. Exactly, like men, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm, yes. Man, yeah. that's definitely one where it's like does not fall into a category. Yeah, and I know you're a big Alex Garland fan as well, so. Yeah, well, men's kind of horror in a corny way, a little bit, because like men are scary. If you're a woman, living in a world of men is terrifying, which is the whole point. Yeah. Which is, I like the concept. I think it's really clever, but I feel like it's really hard to make a whole movie centered around how horrible men are. And how they can ruin your life and then not come off the surface level. Really? Is that why you didn't like the movie? Yeah, like I think okay, there's one actor, I don't I don't remember his name. He plays every man in the movie. Mm-hmm. Literally every single male character yeah. he plays. Mm-hmm. Remember, even the kid, they like did CGI. That's true. Yeah, that was weird. So he's playing the kid, he's every man. And I get what he's trying to do, like every man inherently the same, all men are toxic, whatever. And I like the concept, but it's like, how much can you say? Other than men are like inherently bad. I think. How much see, that's where that's where I think you're wrong. Where that's where we differ in that situation, which is why like I wanted to have you on is because I know you kind of leaned more towards that you didn't like it rather than you did like it. But the way me and Fadis saw it is like we didn't see it only as like preachy and pretentious. Like we really kind of saw it as. Um, but that was like a criticism of like the biblical narrative of of uh, like women. Or of uh, the idea of like the original sin, yeah, the original sin, yeah. yeah, because of the apple falling. Yeah, the tree, mm-hmm. Like we thought the movie, the movie was a criticism to that narrative, where yeah. it blames women for the original sin. Yeah, because like we bear the sins of Eve. Yeah, yeah, and and men. Yeah, I think the problem also. I kind of wish a woman made the movie, not a man, because I feel like he's um, trying to yeah I display agree. the problem with men and and their influence on women, like the world they've created for women. But he's trying to put himself in the mind of a woman, like so he's writing a horror movie that, yeah. from his side. But it doesn't feel like it's all the way there. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like seventy five percent. I agree. Honestly, yeah. I could I could definitely agree with that. But what I was saying about like bearing like the sins of Eve rather than like taking the responsibility for men's innate like misogynistic ways. So I guess we can kind of agree on that note. But I don't know. I think what made the movie for me was how grotesque it was, and I think that's what I kind of like about like Alex Garland is yeah. that he's not afraid to kind of like. Put himself out there with these type of yeah. narratives so no, i agree i, I think know. all three of his movies i don't know many people who don't like ex machina in particular but for annihilation and men he's absolutely going for it like he his idea is pretty baldy yeah and he's not holding back no. but that's what also i think can make it tough for people to have a consensus agreement on like whether they really love it or not mm-hmm. but yeah men is interesting like i i think the end the most gruesome part. I think that's my favorite part and my least favorite at the same time. Because it's like, you're seeing a man, you haven't seen it. <laughs> so just to explain the last part, the guy just falling the whole time, he becomes pregnant. Like the evil man in the movie becomes pregnant. And he literally gives birth. Like within, her. like before her eyes, he yeah. grows, <laughs> grows pregnant and gives birth. He tries to kill her, he becomes pregnant and has a child. And I find it 
kind of interesting. He has a kid in like a minute. But then that kid has another kid. Yeah, but it's like he gives I, birth to himself. To himself, and he's slightly different because so the same actor plays all the men in the movie, right? He starts giving birth to different versions of him you've seen. So one version he plays like a priest. So the like monster version of him has a baby. It comes out as the priest. That priest instantly becomes pregnant. He he has a baby. It comes out as like the guy from the bar. Yeah. Um, and it keeps going like that. And I thought it was kind of interesting too. I think I might be wrong. I might be like reaching. But I thought there was a play on it because the man is having a baby so easily. Whereas like a woman, you go through labor for months. Mm. Mm-hmm. You like have the child, and then the childbearing part is very hard for him as a man. He's putting out different verses himself, like different toxic versions. Yeah. And he's having them like instantly. He mm. comes out, he's pregnant, he has a baby easily. Again and again and again and again. And I think it's like the whole concept people talk about where like a bad man having a child who that child will usually become a bad man too. Yeah. It's like the toxic That's what cycle. It was. That's how a lot of people, critics, view it as like the continuation of the toxic masculinity from one to another. But I didn't think about it in the form of um, a man continuously giving birth to other men in such a short period of time through it. But a lot of people say that was kind of their breaking point, whether they like the film or not. But I, I thought it was so fascinating to kind of see this concept come to life. So I think in a way, him writing it or him directing it wasn't necessarily a bad thing but maybe having like a female co-director maybe could have like filled in those voids yeah i don't know but i think the storyline i really liked with the husband committing suicide Mm -hmm. because in the beginning you don't understand why he he falls off you know why he decides to jump and then as the cycle continues you start to realize why he why he decides to commit suicide yeah as the movie goes she has more encounters with all the men in this town you get more flashbacks of what happened with her husband. You see him commit suicide at the beginning, but we don't get the full story. And it's gruesome, his suicide. Like, at the end, you actually see him in his fallen state, dying. Yeah. And it's so very, like, grotesque and a lot of body horror elements into it, which you see throughout a lot with, I think, a lot of, like, hand disfiguration in it, a lot of blood, a lot of splitting, and a lot of, like, birthing. And, like, female genitalia, which is, like, presented throughout the entire thing. But when you find out he dies because I know you haven't seen it this year, but he dies because he, she wanted a divorce because he was a abusive type of husband, I believe verbally, physically, both. He, he punched her. He punched her. And he had never laid hands on her before, and that's yeah. kind of yeah. like what put it over the edge. Like, it broke him. Yeah. Like, yeah. like his ego couldn't handle Yeah. she wanted to leave. So. So he threatened her. He said, if you leave, I'm jumping. He did that I'm toxic dying. threat. Yeah. Like, you better not leave me or I'll kill myself. Yeah, but he was serious. But he, he actually doesn't. did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which again, I like that part, how toxic he is by saying, yeah. I'll kill myself if you leave, because it plays in the idea of the whole movie that, you know, men are toxic and toxic men create toxic men, all that. Mm-hmm. And I like the very end. So after you see all the versions of men that are created, by the way, the person who plays the husband is the only actor, only male actor who's not played by the same dude. Mm-hmm. So he's played by this black actor, I'm not sure his name. Um, but he comes back at the end. That's the last baby that's born, is him, yeah. the husband. <laughs> and I really, and I really like how it ends because uh, that's what I'm saying. I think that is my favorite part. Because mm-hmm. she just asks him. She just sits there. She's not even terrified anymore. After seeing like seven men being birthed, she's like, All right, "How <laughs> long like, is this going to keep yeah, going she's on? Like, what do you want from me?" <laughs> that's literally what she said. What do you want from me? And he, all 
he says is, I just want you to love me. But she looks like disgusted. She's like scoffing the idea of that's that's what he had to say after all this, and then the movie just ends. Mm-hmm. But also, this movie, I think the whole time it's been going on, there's a whole other thing that's uh, we haven't even talked about, which is like she goes when she first gets to this like ad, like rural town, she goes for like a walk in the woods for like getting a scene in nature, mm-hmm. and there's this like really creepy looking dude who looks like he's been living in the woods for like 20 years mm-hmm. he's like is he painted or like no he's a green man that's the mythology he's, behind him he was yeah. considered this uh carving that people would see within woods and it's like yeah. a sign of like and he's he's naked and yeah. he's like following her at a distance and yeah. like creeping her it's that that guy was like what made me the most unsettled throughout the movie mm-hmm. yeah. and you're trying to figure um, out who this guy and is I'm like what is his role in this whole like plot like yeah but I found that later on there's a like mythology concept called the green the green man. And I, I think it, it's supposed to symbolize like nature, fertility, which is so bizarre because that's more of a female thing to look for. But it's like carved in many different countries around the world. Oh, really? And it's like a symbol known like throughout the and world. Wasn't he like cutting himself and putting like leaves and yeah. he becoming, he's becoming nature. Yeah. More yeah, going more from like man to like an object of earth. Mm-hmm. Like transitioning throughout the movie. Which I think it symbolizes because usually it's mother nature rather than this like symbolic pagan type of guy who I guess you can kind of say there was like misogyny even way back in pagan times. So it just kind of yeah. shows how he's far also back kind of it's a been false going. Flag too, because yeah. you think he's kind of like the antagonist of the movie. But then he like shows up to her house and she calls the cops and the cops just like arrest him and take him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Like, I didn't expect that to happen. I was like, yeah. surely she's going to, like, get in contact with the cops, and they're, like, not going to show up, and he's going to get into the house, and it'll be, like, kind of a standard horror. Well, he comes back at the end, if you remember. Yeah. When he comes out of the yeah. forest. And yeah. He blows, like, pollen on her. Mm-hmm. That's, but it, like, yeah. awakens her. I don't know. She, like, stops being scary after that, which I thought was kind of interesting, because I actually don't know. I didn't think about him being a stand-in for Mother Nature, but he's a man, so mm-hmm. it kind of, like, against the grain I guess I didn't think about that or what that even means really yeah, yeah I couldn't figure out what they were going for with his role but also I um, read somewhere about how it, a lot of like these men were taking place into the church and it's kind of like a criticism on the church which is why I kind of got the idea of the original sin and like going back to like the church and like the Christian faith which of course in a lot of horror films people seem to kind of like lean more towards them um, but that's also something else I read a lot about was kind of that lean more towards like the Christian faith and how like I guess a lot of people find misogyny within yeah. that realm as well. I did think the roles were interesting, all yeah. the different men's roles. So there was like the church figure, there was the the housekeeper. The housekeeper was really interesting cuz he was like mm-hmm. the one guy I actually was like rooting for. He was the only one who was like really like helpful for the main character and I was like surely he won't be bad also, which I guess is also uh, like what the director was going for, like yeah. even even the nice guys end up being toxic. Yeah, um. which is like ex, ex machina. Actually, a big center point of ex machina is that mm-hmm. is like the good guy and the bad guy, and the good guy ends up being just as bad in his own way by yeah. feeling like he's. I think the good guy takes on the role. Um, the good guy is a lot more reserved, and he's like ready to prove himself. Yeah, but in the process, he kind of. Because the other guy, so Caleb is like the good guy, and Nathan's kind of like the, I guess the antagonist as people would think he is, because he's more arrogant and he thinks like, uh, he's stronger than Caleb, and he has like thinks he has this innate weakness, things like that. Um, but then you find out later on, Caleb kind of 
takes that weakness point that he was given and just falls into that and that's kind of his tragic flaw with it and he becomes just as bad as nathan is so they both end up like screwing up and then that's how the ex machina like ai kind of becomes the antagonist in all of it mm. it's crazy they both have uh, like a savior complex yeah the smart guy who's you you think is the bad guy he thinks he's almost like god because he has these creations like the main character ava she's an ai but he's created her to feel as human as possible mm -hmm. So he's testing Caleb, like a nice, sweet guy. But Caleb's just as bad because he has a savior complex in the sense that he thinks he can save her from her like damnation being stuck in this prison because I'm this sweet guy, I'll provide you with a good life. Mm. But she doesn't like, I guess the point of the movie is a woman technically doesn't need either one of them. Mm -hmm. right. yeah, she's not like bound to a man for her existence. But they both, they both made that assumption. Yeah. She ends yeah. up playing both of them in the end. <laughs> She ends up using both of them in the mm. end for her own advantage. She becomes yeah. she outsmarts both of these men who technically created her. And that's kind of like the the complex of the story. Yeah, and well the nice thing about that movie too is obviously the whole men having like savior complex is big, but it also has a lot to do with what what's artificial and what's real because mm -hmm. she's a man made creation. But a big part is that her brain, the way her mind works is taken from basically Google. Mm. It's they don't call it Google; they call it something else for the sake of the story. This guy Nathan created that when he was younger, and he uses what people search in to develop her mainframe. So she has like the thoughts of every person. That's crazy. So then it's like at that point, he brings in Kayla to test to do something called like the Turing test, which is where you talk to a computer, but you don't know it's a computer to see if they believe. It. Yeah, see yeah. like do you believe is this a real thing or not, and. That's what the movie's playing with. Like, how do we dictate at a certain point if we create something so complex? Mm -hmm. How do we even know if it's real or not? Like, what classifies as artificial and what's real? Because a lot of people say that Ava was based on, like, the desires of Nathan, who construed her. So it's also kind of going about what he liked. And that's so when you test really, it on Caleb, yeah. That's really similar to uh, yeah. Westworld. Have you ever seen that show? I haven't. That's really good on HBO. It's a very similar concept where it's like, basically like this amusement park for people to go to like a, a wild wild west type of setting mm -hmm. but it's all like these robots that run by ai but it's lawless like you can do whatever you want with these robots so basically people act out like their deepest desires wow. and then through that process of acting out their desires they like start to fall in love with the different robots and they really start to believe it's real um and Do then the robots look like real people yes and then they only ever so often there's like subtle hints that they're like not human, um, which makes the show really interesting. So I would recommend that. That actually sounds really good. Yeah, it's really good. I yeah, like it, it is similar. They do something interesting with Ava in the movie, where most of the time her face looks like a human's face, and the rest of her body you could see like the wiring and things like that. And he plays around with that for a while to see like does that affect Caleb's judgment of does this feel like a real person or not? Because you can literally see it's a machine. Mm -hmm. but her, her personality is so present so there that he starts to feel like she's real and then eventually she dresses up in clothing and hides everything oh dang and that's when she really gets that's what him. she really like gets yeah him. she yeah. really can suck him in at that point because there's nothing telling him this is not a real human being mm -hmm. anymore you know it's really interesting but yeah but that Westworld connection is good and I definitely want to check it out yeah you should. you should if you, if, it sounds very similar to like the same concept so I would definitely watch it and I'll watch X Machina. Yeah, and the lady who plays Ava is uh, Alicia. I believe her name's Alicia Vikander. 
she was also in like the danish girl and a lot of those other films so she's played in a lot of other films she's a swedish actress as well <laughs> my watch list is it builds well i think with today's time like, really like oh, yeah. that's gonna happen soon Probably, I could see that. What about Annihilation? It's like sci-fi horror. It's still under the horror subgenre, but it does have sci-fi elements. Maybe it's not full sci-fi. Annihilation. Mm. But because it all takes place on Earth. Yeah. It's Earth, but there's this thing called the Shimmer. Yeah. And it's like this bubble that people go into and they never come out of. Oh, uh, and it's this area the government has closed it off, so nobody, the public doesn't know about it. Mm -hmm. And Oscar Isaac's also in this movie, but barely. He plays Natalie Portman's husband. So he comes back home. Yeah. He just left one day. She didn't know what. He's like, in, I guess, in special ops or something she like that. She knew he was part of the original program to go explore it. But when he came home, she thought he had died because he had not come home from yeah. that first mission. And then when he does come home, he's extremely not like he's himself. He's changed. Very bizarre. Yeah. That's almost, almost like a different person, but yeah. he looks the same. Hmm. Which that was a little bit... I don't want to say predictable for me, but I kind of knew something was up at that point. Like, obviously, Does that's she not her husband. she believe it's her husband? Obviously, yes, in the beginning. Even though he acts different? Yeah, she just thought maybe he had gotten some type of, like, uh, I don't want to say PTSD, but maybe something when he went into the shimmer. Mm -hmm. But when he came, I kind of got a little bit of an idea that, like, there's something unnatural or supernatural going on with, with him, but you find that out, like, way later on into the movie. Yeah, and then she ends up, and I'm trying to remember what her job was, so. She, she went to use the same thing as him. Yeah, she's a similar line of work, yeah. but she gets sent into the shimmer with a group of three other women, mm -hmm. which I find it interesting that, to connect real quick, that all of Oscar Arlen's movies, the main character, the most important character is a woman mm. every yeah. time. That's so true. He, like, I think men, it's very obvious that he's fascinated with the whole concept of like what does it mean to be a woman, but again, I just don't know if he's always the right person to tell these stories like I think Ex Machina he does it really well yeah Annihilation is a little bit different and men for me it's not all the way there but yeah they get sent into the shimmer and it's on our planet but it's like a bubble so once you get in everything is different hmm. so basically like things reflect off the shimmer and come back and influence other like other organisms so like a tree might start affecting an alligator that's in the shimmer and it becomes like partial an alligator tree. tree. Partial alligator. <laughs> That's kind of cool, it's though. Really crazy. Think I like that. The genes yeah. of other things around, like DNA strands, but it affects the people too. Yeah. Basically, so the point of the shimmer is to kind of consume the earth and, in a way, annihilate. So that people it also the become part of these yeah. reflections. Yeah. Yeah, and they do. If you stay in that shimmer long enough, you begin. Yeah. So to her husband did not become that way, because he got out somehow. No, he did become that way but, but internally no <laughs> he gets out but it's like the question is is it really him yeah because ah. the whole movie you're building up like one by one people of his team die in their in, own way of in, dying in, yeah, yeah in certain ways yeah. some by choice some get murdered by these like freakish animals that live in Dang. this yeah. uh, shimmer world that actually was a really really cool scene to yeah, me i think it the brought bear. the horror yes it mm. was very fascinating yeah it's Mm -hmm. There's this bear that makes the sound of one of the women that was on the team. Mm -hmm. So they oh, hear her yeah. screaming because that, that bear kills her early on. So they hear this woman screaming later on in the movie and they think she somehow survived. But the bear is able to take her voice That's crazy. after killing her and it draws them in and it starts trying to kill the rest of them. Yeah. It's really crazy. It's really that's gruesome. Cool. And I, I think that was probably one of my favorite parts because that's where the horror element does kind of come into it a yeah. little bit. 
But the whole movie is still horror because it deals a little bit with like aliens and kind of like Area X type of outer world mm-hmm. uh, things. So at the very end of the movie, Natalie Portman's character, she she splits off into another version of, version herself. of herself. She gets to this lighthouse, which yeah. is what they're trying to get to the whole time. Like the middle ground of it all. Yeah. yeah. Which is where something struck Earth. You've seen the beginning of the movie, you see like mm-hmm. an asteroid just falling. And it hits through this lighthouse. Because that's the purpose of her team, Oscar Isaac's team that went in, is to get to this lighthouse. And she finally gets there. Um, and that's where things get super... I mean, this whole movie is super weird. And it gets <laughs> really, really weird then. Also, I think it's good to bring up, she finds a tape of her husband, Oscar Isaac, and his team. Mm-hmm. Her husband's name was Kane, and her name was Lena, for reference. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They stop at this... Um, I don't know, like a warehouse or like an mm-hmm. empty, empty building that's in the shimmer, and they find a tape of him and his team like cutting a body part off out of one of the guys oh, to wake him with them because he's become like infected by the shimmer, um, and nobody on the team knows that that's her husband. And they start all oh, question, they start to all question each other and feel like, is this place gonna make us all turn on each other? Things start to get really dark from there. Because at the end, you kind of still don't know who made it out in a way. You see her kind of kill her other self, but at the very end- You don't know end, which one is the one that got killed. Yeah. Yeah, because at the very end, she's being interviewed after everything has happened. She's like the sole survivor. And it's just bizarre to kind of see her interaction because you still don't have that answered question about mm. who is actually in this interview room with That's you. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's like her, the, the Natalie Portman character that enters the Shimmer. It's like one version of her. Yeah. Obviously she becomes much different based off her experience in the shimmer mm-hmm. and also just being in there it changes parts of you and then at the end of the movie she comes across where the asteroid hit <clears throat> and it's this weird i don't know it's like sci-fi and magic it's kind of mixed at the same time and another version of her is created by this like alien it's like that, greenish alien dang. and when he touches her it becomes her and you start to wonder which one of which version is the real her and every movement she does, the other one does. Oh, wow. And they like wrestle and fight and all these things. And there's this, this dead body in the corner of the lighthouse. And it turns out that's Oscar Isaac's character's body. Mm. Yeah. He blew himself up. One version of himself blew himself up. The other version left. Dang. So yeah. which one is the real version, you know? Yeah. Like you don't know, even with her, when she ends up leaving. She, she kills the replica or maybe the replica kills her yeah she leaves and like either way it's it's her and it, in its essence it has her memories but at its core it's a different being mm-hmm. and is the, does the shimmer remain at the end i think they blow up the shimmer at the end the, the shimmer is no longer there because that was the biggest threat to the world was the shimmer so they get rid of it but you're like is it really gone? I think, yeah. I, I think there might have been a shimmer, like a, a, an essence of it still remained. But yeah. I think the, the whole like construct that was built from that um, meteor or asteroid that came kind of dissolved. Mm. But it kind of shows you that maybe this is not the end. Like there's still probably yeah. a little bit left yeah. that maybe something else will occur in the future. It was very bizarre. It was a very complicated film. I also think, I'm not sure about men. I haven't thought about it tie into this point enough but this first two movies yeah. has a lot to do with the human influence on our world so the first movie it's, we're developing so much technology we're creating artificial intelligence what is it going to do to us yeah. what does it mean is, are these things we're creating real you know we're giving them a brain do they have a soul do they need a soul 
technically. And then this movie, Annihilation, I think has so much to do with Mother Nature, like, our, what are we doing to our Earth? Yeah. And it's kind of like, in this movie, the Earth is retaliating, in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know technically an asteroid hit and created the Shimmer, but the Shimmer is kind of like Mother Nature fighting back. Fighting back all the man-made things that we've kind of put on this Earth. Yeah. And all the technology that's kind of taken over. I didn't think about it like that. It's interesting, right? Yeah. But, but men it, wouldn't tie into anything like that. No, I guess not. I, I guess men is more about the world, but like you're saying, there's so much critique on religion. Yeah, I think you yeah. had a point though. Earlier, you were talking about how all of them are female focused, yeah. and you were saying that the reason you kind of didn't like men was because there was really not much element to it that kind of pushed it to be bigger than it was. If I'm correct. Yeah. But I think that he's making all of these movies and putting little of each element into all these different films that are female based and kind of female constructed so maybe that's why that movie i guess fell flat for you yeah and i think on on those other films it's also a little more underneath the surface whereas men everything is right there yeah but again it's obviously toxic masculinity is a cycle and we've had it probably through all of humanity yeah and it stays and i know men tries to do its best at telling that story of why this thing continues and why women are always kept almost like hostage in their own lives. I just feel like how much more can you say other than that exact point? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get that across throughout the movie in different ways. And, I, and I'm not sure there's anything else for him to say other than, oh, men suck. Yeah. That really sucks for women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, I feel bad for, I think Harper is her name. Yeah. Uh, the main character in the, in the movie. I feel bad for her. And everything she has to go through and I'm sure every woman every day has to deal with similar things but I don't feel like he had any other I don't feel like he had a solution he didn't no. present a solution he didn't present like a way to work around it's just like damn if you're a woman yeah. this world <laughs> kind of sucks and they brought but, a really good actress in I mean Jessie Buckley she's also played in um, Judy remember Judy her sister I mean her friend no never mind <laughs> <laughs> the only other woman I remember in the show was Babe, Judy, her friend. Judy's another movie. Oh. <laughs> She's in The Crown, too. Oh. Really? Judy's about the life of Judy Garland. That's why I was... Uh, never mind. Mm, you know what? It's fine. Okay, okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying here. <laughs> you kind of killed my... Never mind. I'm not going to say anything else on that. It's okay. You're cute. So what's the name of the friend in the show? Oh, or in the movie? her friend. Oh, my God. I forgot about her friend in the show. Riley. Riley. There's a friend, the friend in men, you mean? Yeah, yeah the one she'd call who her, calls her. Yeah. And she'd be like, yeah. oh yeah, this guy's yeah, so yeah. creepy, blah, blah, blah. I, could, I mean, I think her, her character presence wasn't The weird thing was her friend was like, that's it, I'm coming to get you. Yeah. And I was like, that's what a good friend would do. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. she like, never arrives. No, she does. Until she does arrive. She comes she? after everything has happened. Yeah, at the end. Like, but it's a yeah. far drive. Remember, she went out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's not like she could have went. And then also you think she's hallucinating. You don't, you're like, did she even call her friend? Is her friend actually coming? And then when someone knocks on the door. So her friend came into the car and had already been crashed. Yeah, everything yeah. had already transpired. Yeah. By the time she got there, it was too late. Yeah. But yeah. I'm also not sure, what is that really trying to say? Like the only thing that keeps women going in this world of like toxic men is women. Like they like, lean on each other. Yeah, like having each other is the only way they're able to survive because. No, because she survived even without her friend. Yeah, so I just wonder what he's trying to say with her coming I think to the very end after everything. Because I feel like there was one part of the movie where I didn't know if everything was like 
a nightmare, like a nightmarish type of horror, mm-hmm. or if it was like a reality horror with like a lot of surreal elements. So for me, it was like, is she dreaming? Like, is this all in her head? And have you ever seen The Uninvited? I don't think so. Where, so in that movie, it's kind of a similar, like a very minute, but a similar concept where it's like, she's going through all of these life events, but it could just be her in her own head, but mm-hmm. the actions are still like prevailing in front of her. Or is this stuff actually happening? So when her friend arrives, you can see that this did occur yeah. instead of it being a dream. Yeah, that's a good point. It makes yeah. it all real. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because for me, I just had no idea what was happening. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what type of horror I was watching until the end of the movie, even though it was art house based. It could have been art house based, like nightmare type of horror. It could have been art house based, like surreal. It could have been art house based, both. Or did this really occur in front of our eyes? And she's just a witness to the aftermath to kind of show all of us this really did occur at this place yeah yeah that's actually a really good point especially because she goes through something so traumatic Mm -hmm. like it's possible that someone going through that she's just having a whole dream of her now escaping her pain and going out to the countryside trying to find peace in nature and then things are going wrong like that makes sense and to fight off her dead ex-husband at the end like that having that confrontation at the end showing her that her guilt is no longer there or showing her that the fear is no longer there yeah. that these men that we all view in society are not as scary as we think they are yeah so that's maybe what alex garland is trying yeah. i don't even, know even but maybe after, that's what it is after witnessing the multiple births her fear did like dissipate it's and, true. Yeah. us women and, we go through so much more hardship like, what are the what are we scared of with these men yeah she almost was just looking at that like when is this gonna yeah. stop yeah. like even you as a viewer, like the first time it happens and this man basically grows a vagina and has a child <laughs> and he does it so easily and then he does it again and again and again and again. It's like, even you start to feel like, okay, this is, it doesn't affect you in the same way yeah. as much yeah. anymore. And you're feeling that with her too. Yeah. She's just sick of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She's just like, what do you want from me at the end? And her husband came off like incredibly helpless at the end. Like, yeah the whole movie's like raising up like this scary like villain and you're waiting for him to like kill her or something yeah. consume her he just said i just want you to love her. yeah, yeah. Like, she's what? just like you know, yeah disgusting. like this is all you want from me like but yeah. it also shows the weakness in men yeah the desire of men how it kind of is their tragic flaw also yeah. how like this man went to great lengths because she wouldn't love him and she didn't want to be with him that he killed himself and all of these men are kind of like shaming her for it but in reality, that's their weakness. It's this aspect of love. And it kind of shows that us women are a lot stronger than that. And how the tables turn. How we fear the men, but in reality, the men should be fearing us. Yeah. In a whole nother light of ways. Thinking about it on like an abstract level, then it's not going to make sense. I think a, this movie isn't made for everybody. Like I don't think anybody can go in and watch it and appreciate the art that's there. Definitely not. But I think if we have discussions like this and people talk about it, from a woman in a man's perspective i think we can kind of shed light more on what really this director is thinking if he even is thinking anything that we're saying because sometimes as critics we kind of delve way more than what really does meet the eye and maybe it's not as complex as we're making it but what's funny is you saying all these things especially from your perspective as a woman makes the movie sound better to me than the actual movie came off you know so i think maybe he does a good job at creating something that is an avenue for the right type of discussion mm-hmm. but I don't think he's necessarily successful in doing all of that himself through his product 
But I did find it interesting. I read something that on all three of his movies, the main actress, he lets them kind of be like a co-author once they're on set. Like, put your input in. How do you think this should play out? Especially Natalie Portman in Annihilation. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what Jesse Buckley was able to bring to this movie. I don't know how much of the story she changed, but maybe how things play out. Mm -hmm. His critique on religion, when she goes to the church... And she cries, and then uh, the pastor meets her outside of the church, and they have a discussion. I like that the whole time they're talking, and she's telling him everything she's been through. He seems so receptive and nice. Yes. And then at the very end, he goes, so what do you think you did to make him kill himself? Yeah. He immediately shifts the Do you know how much men I know that are like that? Even this person, this religious figure who's supposed to be the cornerstone of a lot of people's lives. Even he immediately was like, oh, so what did you do wrong, though? Like, why would he want to kill himself? Yeah. He must have done something. I think that was, like, the highlight in terms of dialogue of that entire film. Because that's when things really start. That's when, like, the first big twist, I think. Oh, yeah. my God. That got me. Because he reassured her because yeah. that, like, kid was, like, really offensive. Yeah. And he was like, oh, don't mind him. Sorry that you have to deal with that. Like, really reassuring her. Yeah, which is that one. Yeah. Like, I think the scene with the kid is clever, too. Because you could take it, I guess, metaphorically, like, that kid's father's probably toxic that's why he's talking to her mm-hmm. very derogatory yeah, yeah. Very derogatory, yeah. Just saying mean things just because she's a woman and then you have this guy step in who you know for a lot of people a preacher or something like that would be a savior and even he's horrible mm-hmm. just in his own way you know it's nuanced it's interesting yeah i'm happy that i could kind not kind of change your mind on it but at least like kind of open it because i i when we watch so i watched it on my honeymoon and when it came out in the theaters, I had to go watch it. So we did. And obviously, what is it? $5 Tuesdays at AMC if you have your uh, your little discount thing. You, you guys should get that. Well, I have the Regal Pass. So I pay like um, around like 18 a month and you can see as many movies as you want. Are you serious? Mm. Yeah. Oh my God, I need to get that. Yeah, Never yeah. mind. It's like if you go to two movies <laughs> mm-hmm. and like you book online because you have to reserve oh, yeah, seats, covered. you're automatically yeah. already paying like $20 or if not more. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It works out. But I remember watching it in the movie theater. And I think when I first watched it, you can ask that as like, I always need a day to kind of recuperate what I'm watching, especially with those type of films that are a lot more intense and abstract. Because sometimes my brain just cannot take it all in one sitting. Yeah. Um, plus, he was choking on popcorn the entire time. So that scared the absolute hell out of me. He really freaked me out. That made the movie. Yeah, she was, it made it more scary, I think. Because when she. <laughs> Because when I get in my zones like yeah, that, yeah. anything around me that startles, startles me, it just freaks me. She so thought I was going to die. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. So <laughs> I'm like watching the movie. She's going through hell. He's dying. I'm like leaving the theater to go cough and coming back. I'm like sitting there. It's like <laughs> late at night and I'm like freaking out the entire time. Um, so I think my experience was a little uh, bizarre in that sense. But I think even, even you said that you really enjoyed it. Yeah. You were, I think, a lot more frightened than I was. I was unsettled by the nature man. He was really creepy. Yeah. The, the green man? Yeah. He was really creepy. Um, it was just like, I think it, like that scene was more of a classic horror trope where like mm-hmm. there's a creepy figure who's yeah. like falling at a distance. And then when uh, she crosses over the fence and he's just standing at the fence, this dude's naked and he's just staring at her. Yeah. When she zooms in with the camera. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. When she's zooming the camera and she sees that like one figure. That was really creepy. Maybe, I don't know, like, this might be surface level, but just us talking about it, maybe the whole point is we're supposed to feel unsettled, because, like, <laughs> I guess if you're a woman surrounded by, like, gross dudes all the time, you constantly maybe that's, feel unsettled. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's supposed to represent, like, what 
women see in like a creepy man. Yeah, so like me and you are men and we watch the movie and we're just like, we feel unsettled at the end of it. Yeah. And maybe that's just how they feel every day. <laughs> yeah, when there's like <laughs> creepers following them yeah. in the street. I think that's the best analysis you guys could have came up with at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually very true. Yeah, it's gotta feel really unsettling to have like a mm-hmm. creepy dude following you. and Yeah, or even like, it doesn't even have to be in real life anymore. Yeah. yeah. Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Yeah. People are gonna comment, DM all the yeah. time. We don't really have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, men are scary, but women so are so scarier. So many. <laughs> yeah. so many. Men yeah. 2022. <laughs>